Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, George. Hey, Lions. How's it going? Uh, I think this might be our first game that has. I'm, I'm really proud of this. User evolvable difficulty. Right? You, oh, go on. Right? Right? Yeah. Because. Yeah. You choose how your character evolves, and so mm-hmm. you can make the game harder by sucking more, right? Just like in Zelda, you don't get the hearts, and so the game's harder. You don't get the Master Sword, and the game's harder. In this game, you can just choose not to evolve. Well, it so that's true. It's interesting because I've always phrased that, I think, as user-defined difficulty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you and but it was interesting because I always say like the more you play the game, the easier you can make it. But you're like, no, if you suck really hard, then you can make it really hard. And it's like it's the that po- is the point is that it's a choice. To, right? Yes, it it is a choice. But like I approach it as like it's a choice to see to to make the glass half full. And you're like, it's a choice to pour away half the glass. <laughs> it's a choice to throw the glass out the window. <laughs> yeah. Now nobody has any water. What do you think about that, Steve? <laughs> Damn it, Steve. Um. So what game did you weirdly come out of left field and pick for us? Evo Search for Eden. Okay, now before we go any farther, Evo or EVO? Because there are dots. I mean, I, I have a uh I don't have a CAC card, I have a cat card. So okay. yeah, Evo. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> Evo Search for Eden. It, it's it's not the strategic homeland initiative, it's shield, you know? That's fair. but yes evo search for eden yeah um go do do the thing where you say stuff yeah so this game came out in uh actually very close to this time of year in 1993 uh for the super nintendo uh and it's from enix which if you're a lifetime jrpg fan like i am seeing enix on a box is like oh enix right because now they've been gobbled up by square so it's square enix right but like Mm -hmm. this is the company of dragon quest right so like the the big big pedigree right um they also made the new marvel adventures video game uh yes so square has what i assume is a department run by like someone's niece or nephew and they're like super into comics and anime because they also made the full metal alchemist games yeah right on like the playstation 2 i think which is just like just someone at square just somehow like occasionally gets budget together and is like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this nerd thing a reality which i super love i love that they allow that to happen but it is odd now the reason why i bring it up is because you know uh we were playing this i was like oh enix this will be interesting at at a minimum if it's an enix game it's gonna be interesting right and then uh i I sat down and i was like oh man you know i'm i'm I'm," i was like the, the the new marvels game was on playstation plus for cheap you know so i was like ah you know i was interested in this i'll, I'll give it a whirl and then boot it up and it's like square enix i'm like well apparently i'm on a kick so <laughs> i have a type um <laughs> so here here's my my summary of this game because this is a it's a weird game um a weird game god has decided that you're the best and has given you personally access to billions of years worth of evolution at your discretion and you use this bizarre favoritism to power up and reach eden in this kind of platformer action rpg thing 
Yep, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is as weird with the because it is a a action platformer, but it does have a lot of RPG mechanics. All of this that we'll get into, um, but it, it to me it had a very similar feel to Act Razor in the sense that like mm. the the action the um the platforming is like part of it yeah. you know the, you, <laughs> the platforming what, what most people would describe as the main mechanic is like an also ran yeah it's like uh, this is also part of it yeah so it's it's it is closer i believe in pedigree to act racer than uh to mario you know oh yes yeah no if, if, <laughs> if you dear listener have played both of those games uh that is a critical uh way to describe what the platforming in this is like <laughs> so but uh, uh what is your nostalgia experience? I think oh, super none. I've yeah. never played this game before. Okay. But this was one. So uh, Google loves knowing everything about my life, and I don't care <laughs> to stop it. So, um, so it just recommends a lot of times. It says you know articles that people have written on you know seven games that still hold up and seven you know like whatever. And so uh, this was in one of the articles where I was like, oh, it's it's a game about evolution and i think evolution's cool it's an rpg but it doesn't seem like one where you know you just because a lot of times with rpgs if you don't throw 20 hours at it you're just not gonna get it you know um so uh yeah so it seemed i was like this seems like an approachable game that does some like weird interesting stuff and uh i want to give this a shot that's fair um now for my dollar uh i actually did play this as a kid and completely forgot about it (laughs) <laughs> because you hit me in chat and you were like, oh, hey, what about this game? And I was like, what? And then I, I looked up screenshots of it and I was like, oh, my God, I did play this game. I absolutely played this game. And I don't really remember anything about it except that you evolve as your way of getting stronger. So I sure hope that's enough to color my experience. Right, because I, uh, I I think only a handful of times, not counting nostalgia games, obviously, but I think only a handful of times we've played a game that neither of us have played. We try mm-hmm. generally to say like this is a game at least one of us has played, if not both of us, and it does bring me a little bit of like getting old relief when I'm like, oh man, there's so many new games I want to play, and I haven't played any of them, and I probably never will, and then you throw out some like bizarre ass jrpg from the 90s and i'm just like oh but i did play that one so it's not that i like i care about games any less it's just like i'm old now and i don't have time to look up every weird evolution based rpg and give it a spin well also too i I think there's something to be said that the sheer volume of games is exponentially larger you know i mean like when we were kids it was very much more akin to uh you know like back in the 70s there were three movies at the movie theater so (laughs) You know, like if you if you liked going to see movies, chances are you could see every movie that came out. You know, you could just see them all, you know, now. And and it was similar when we were younger in the sense that, no, you probably couldn't play every Nintendo game, but you could play a lot of them and most of the good ones. You know, Um, that is not true at all anymore. You can't even stay probably stay on top of games in a genre, you know, like. (laughs) If you're like, I love FPSs, and it's like, okay, have you played all of the FPSs that have come out this year? No. Have you played all the good FPSs that came out this year? No. I played like three. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's even if you're just willing to draw arbitrary boundaries around, like, restricted even just to a console. 
Because if you have a PC and you're willing to open up your heart to itch where people release like console quality games for free on the reg, it's like you could never, ever hope to see even an appreciable percentage of the good ones in a specific genre, let alone have like a, a broad, you know, Renaissance man style exposure. Which is great, I think, because I mean, I think it just goes to show how l- much lower the cost of entry is. To I mean, like, you can you can play somebody's college thesis video game. Like they're like, hey, I went to school to make video games, and here's what I did for my my final. You know, it it's pretty broken, but I don't know, does some fun things. Dude, yeah. one, one of our all time favorite games, Celeste, started as a flash game. Yeah, you know, and and now they have that flash game in the game. <laughs> <you know? True. laughs> The game of Celeste exists within the Celeste universe, which means are we in the Celeste universe? I would like to think so. (laughs) Time to show? It is always time to show, but this is the time in the episode that we specifically show. Uh, I don't know, man. If it was always time to show, you'd be giving... Give me five bucks. No, you give me five (laughs) bucks. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. If you like what we're doing, uh, continue to listen to us do it. Also, uh, subscribe so that you don't miss any of us doing more of this if you want to help us out uh you can do things like leave ratings and reviews Uh, i think word of mouth reviews are always the best so if you go and tell a friend i think that's way cooler than leaving a rating or review but you know you could do both you lazy ass uh you can also find (laughs) us on the internets uh we're both on twitter there's also the nostalgia goggles account uh i stream all of the games that i can that we play for the podcast uh so you can find me on twitch all these links are in the show notes Uh, And if you really want to go above and beyond, you can support us on the Patreon. Depending on the level you support us at, you might get something like uh, stickers or a shout out on the show. But everybody gets the after show. So that's just more stuff for like. And if you donate a thousand dollars, you get to fight us in one on one combat. Uh, You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I just no weapons. Yeah, no, no weapons. Yeah, hand, but yeah. hand to hand. Uh, it yep. has to be agreed upon. There has to be a doctor present, like Hamilton style. You know, we'll yeah. we'll pay him in advance. We'll treat him with civility, but we'll have him yeah, turn exactly. around so he can have deniability. Yeah, but for for a cool G, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd find somebody for <laughs> we not. We did not prepare that beforehand. Not, just... <laughs> nope. And and now I'm like a little nervous because this is going to be out on the internet. <laughs> and there's weirdos with money. <laughs> but then, but then they could be weirdos where we have their money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I suppose there is a future where this turns out okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, some people did give us enough on the Patreons to be at one of those cool upper tier levels. So we need to thank first our eight bit classics, Jacob, an adorable adenine amino acid, Yarno, a garish guanine amino acid, Jason, a thinking thymine amino acid, John. A careless cytosine amino acid. <laughs> Kevin. A strand of dioxyribonucleic acid. And our 16-bit hero, Michael. A zygote. You see how I'm slowly building I, up yeah. a zygote? No, this is yeah. good. And our full 3D supporter, David. A full-blown extinction event. <laughs> oh, no, that one didn't build. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about, what, the audiovisuals first, maybe? Uh, yeah, we should probably do that. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, it's just an off-the-cuff throwaway note. Um, I don't know where to put this, so I put it here. Uh, translation's not great, man. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and I think I think that's reasonable in audiovisual or in gameplay because 
if you were just watching somebody else play this game, it would be impossible not to see that the translation is not great. Uh, yeah. The good news yeah. is, in terms of gameplay, it generally doesn't have like any game-breaking impacts. It's just right. like, huh, that's a weird way to structure that sentence, or that's not where that word should go, or huh. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, that to me, to your point, right, is it, it doesn't it doesn't really break the game at all. It's it's slightly detracting in the sense that you know. I, I booted this thing up and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm interested to play this like weird game. I, I'm going to evolve and like get stronger through evolution. And then after reading the game's explanation, I'm like, I, I don't think I get it anymore. <laughs> like I, I understood after the game explained it to me, I understood the last and I started playing and I was like, oh, no, it, I, I, I got it, you know. So the the translation is so bad that it actually does. It is more hindrance than helpful, but it is not it's not necessary like you could just not read any of it and you know it and, and get by but yeah it's a it's it it is a product of its era for uh localization yeah i think especially for a certain kind of game because a game like this by the standards of the day had a lot of text right and so you gotta pay somebody to translate it and video games were still coming out of their slump so it's unfortunately a product of its of its time um but i do think it's it's minor enough to be like quirky not full-on experience ruining which is you know right. if you gotta have a suboptimal uh translation that's about where you want to stop on that scale yes agreed um outside of that though uh one of the visuals i think is absolutely worth mentioning in the audiovisual section is um the upgrades uh which is one of the main thrusts of this game i think that all of the the, the 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 character model was very lovingly crafted for all of its stuff you know so like all of the upgrades all of the um uh just the the, the way that the the it's it's painted and animated i thought was top notch you know yeah and there's like just an absolute buttload of combinations right because yes you have and it, it changes a little bit but uh depending on like what you are sometimes certain um evolutions are not available to you but you have what jaws horns neck body um back of the head yeah hands and feet feet. tail and dorsal fin Mm -hmm. right and so depending on what you currently are uh, some of those like hands and feet aren't available to you until like way toward the end when you're a human um most of the other ones are available to you when you're an animal right so like you i thought hands and feet were like were available to you earlier i think because that threw me but it was like your fins in the earlier levels. Oh, um, yeah. I'll check no, that one. You, you might be right. The The point yeah, is I, most of them are available to you all the time, which means there are a buttload of combinations all the time. Yes. Even restricting some of them is still, it's still a gigantic list. So uh, you can end up with some really stupid looking animals. You can yeah, end you up can. with some really badass looking like almost kind of digimon pokemon kind of monsters uh and then you can also just be a boring ass like regular normal looking animal which sucks and you're lame if you do that yeah but yeah no i mean i think that and and to me and this is something i mentioned a couple places but i think that one of the core aesthetics to this game is exploration um but less so exploring the mechanics because the mechanics are pretty simple and we'll get into that um and not really so much exploring the different levels because they're all very samey looking it's exploring the character models because you know you're like I- i'm gonna keep you know farming the this meat um 
you know, because I want to I want to know what that evolution like. Ooh, what does this one look like? Ooh, what does the best dorsal fin look like? Ooh, what happens if I give myself a hard shell? That doesn't make any sense. I'm a fish. Oh wow, cool! It gives me this weird armor plating. It makes me change color. That was kind of neat, you know. And so it um and well that, that's a mechanics note uh, the spacing <laughs> of of how long well, to evolution. But I do think that the 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 fact that at no point did I pick an evolution and was like. Well, that's boring. That's not worth my time, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah. It was either minimum, like, was oh, like, that, was that was cool, cool. or oh my god, I look ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was something. It was there was there was never one where I was just kinda like, well, wh- wh- why did <laughs> where you know like in, in modern games where you buy like a, a ten dollar whatever pack of of skins or something <laughs> yeah. and you're like well, this was this this stinks. I, I didn't get that I didn't get that feeling once and there is no DLC in this game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, especially I got to uh, the end of chapter four. There's five chapters in the game. So uh, by the end of chapter four, you have gone through a bunch of the mammalian evolutions. And at one point I was uh, I had a rabbit's body and a cat's head, but then moose antlers. And it was uncomfortable. (laughs) You were almost a a jackalope. jackalope, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jackalope, yeah. 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 Um, and then I because of the the things I was trying to optimize for, um, I made my neck longer, which made me look considerably more uncomfortable, right? But it <laughs> at no point was it like, oh, I don't see what changed, right? It, they really right. poured all of their attention into the player's character sprite, which I think, I mean, given the nature of the game, was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, the contrast is the enemies are super samey. There's sometimes just the one enemy type. On, in fact, I would say most of the time, there's just the one enemy type on a given screen. And so you just fight that one enemy over and over and over and over and over. And over the course of the entire game, I would say there's a pretty big variety of enemies. But I mean, they are dwarfed by the variety you have just in the first level. Yeah, you know, I so I, I agreed a hundred percent. I actually wonder if you did all of the combinations of things you can evolve to. That probably way outstrips the total number of enemy sprites. It, you know? it would have to. It would absolutely have yeah. to. Yeah, which is which is kind of interesting because if they wanted to get lazy, they could have just made the different possible combinations of you the enemies. You know, mm, but that's true. I, uh, but I think, though, that that would have been the wrong call because, again, part of the game is the exploration and the excitement of, like, what is, what's the next thing going to look like? So if you had seen it on a bad guy before, you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I saw that. Okay. You know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be as, as exciting to see the, the new, the new hotness, you know? Yeah, that's a really interesting thought because when you consider, like, what the spirit of the game is, they didn't. All, all, like all the monsters you fight with a couple of exceptions, but like all the monsters that you fight are real creatures that have existed either in fact, or like we believe or believed at the time. Like we now know dinosaurs didn't really look quite the way we used to imagine them in the nineties, but like, you know what I mean? Like within reason, yeah. these are all, you know, realistic creatures. Um, even like the giant insects, because there did used to be giant insects and now they're gone. Thank God. Um, Isn't that terrifying? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but I think (laughs) even though it would make sense to say, well, yeah, there's enemies that have similar evolutions to you. It's just that 
there weren't a lot of them or they didn't survive very long. And so th- th- you'll see some fantastical ones. I, th- I think you're right. I think that would be dumber from like a gameplay enjoyment perspective. Like, no, mm-hmm. I get to have the weird, you know, dragon body with wings and giant Tyrannosaurus Rex teeth. Like that's a thing I get to do. You don't get to do me. That. Yeah. Like that's not, that's, it's my thing. You got no right using it. And, and yeah. And I think that, that ultimately it would be, I'm just imagining the way I would feel if I, you know, spent 400 Evo points or whatever on like a new thing. And it was the exact same thing I'd seen a bunch of enemies have. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, Oh, I got the new like antenna dealy. Oh, that's pretty cool looking. Oh, especially because most of the stuff to your point, like most of the stuff that you get, is not stuff that enemies have, but it is stuff that real life things have, you yes. know? Yeah, there's there's so, nothing in here that I think is completely alien. Right. So, you know, you're like, oh, cool. When you say, when you said this thing, you what you really meant was rhinoceros hide. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. I've got like the hide of a rhinoceros and the head of a dragon and the, I have the head of a rabbit and the body of, of a, a rabbit. rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not make an Esquilax. Um... The the one other thing I want to make sure I mentioned about the visuals is uh they're like super cartoony, right? And and I don't mm-hmm. mean oh it's a SNES era game, like they used some traditional like Looney Tunes style animation things. Um when you are charging, you make this like super furrowed brow like your eye gets like big and angled like a kid drawing angry eyes and yeah you you kind of like grit your teeth if you have teeth or you like clench your jaw if you just have like a beak or something um when you uh crash into like a wall or if you're swimming or flying the ground or the ceiling um you make a cartoony uh like boyoing sound and like your your body scrunches up and you get the like the kind of anime like eye you know the white eye with the the teardrop um and some of the enemies have like really over the top like knockback animations when you hit them like really anthropomorphized faces right they're very like looney tunes you know like Mm -hmm. land before time kind of faces um which i don't think is good or bad like it's it's an artistic choice but i just kept noticing like this game takes itself so seriously i think right like i think this game takes itself really seriously but maybe it doesn't because the visuals do not communicate seriousness they're kind of a it's it's almost like a uh like a lesson you would teach a kid right like oh hey here's kind of how evolution worked and it's really more important that you get the concept than that you like learn specific facts so the animals can look cartoony and silly because it, that's, we're not going for hyper realism, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that for from my seat, I think that this was probably the right choice because if you consider who they're marketing it to, which is probably younger children, right? This type of subject matter can get super dark, super fast, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, most notably, you know, I've I've watched a fair amount of uh, Octonauts. You watch Octonauts? Octonauts on in your house? Don't know that one. Oh, um, it's just under it, it's it's C Lab twenty twenty one, but you know, for kids, not ridiculous, and they're they're all animals, right? So it's C Lab twenty twenty, which was no, for kids. I don't think that's. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, actually, um, and there's there's one one person on there who's a uh, uh, the, the the cat character um, named Quasi, and I have said to Megan a number of times, like he needs to get fired he is <laughs> worthless all he does is say like random like when i was a pirate here's some vague terrible horrible thing that we believed in that is completely untrue and based off of myth and i'm like he is regularly exacerbates problems like he, he needs to get canned um so anyways that's not the point the point is that uh in that show um there's a lot of times when you know they're like, oh, no, these baby seals were going to get eaten by this polar bear. But we stopped them by, like, saving them and doing this and all this sort of stuff. And I'm just, like, watching it. I'm like, that polar bear is dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, like, one side had to win. And you <laughs> yeah. you picked the baby seals. Which is fine. You know, like, I get that. I can empathize with that. But, I mean, you know. So the same thing with evolution is I don't think if they said, like, hey, you know, let's make it a little cartoony. Even, you know, when you when you kill a thing, right? It it just turns into a cartoon meat thing. <laughs> the giant know? Flintstone meat around a huge central bone. Yes, I absolutely yeah. everything. No matter what you kill, they turn into yeah. that meat. <laughs> Which is at some point, we as a species have decided that that's what meat looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and that's how we're going to represent it. And I think we're all just kind of okay with it. In fact, I watched the Lion King recently when Scar dangles a piece of zebra over them. It's basically that but zebra hide skinned and i was like all right whatever anyways um i say all that to say that if they had if they hadn't made it cartoony they would have had to make it more realistic and that would have gotten dark so i think that they made the right choice yeah i I think that's fair um and whether or not they did it because they felt like they had to like oh we you know we won't get approved and they won't put us on the super nintendo I i don't know about all that but um no, I, 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 I think, think was, just aesthetically, you're you're right. It's the right choice. Yeah, I think that, that it was less so like, oh, no, if we go too dark, then we're going to get... It was probably more so we we don't have... Even if we wanted to go dark, which we don't particularly want to, we can't accurately really represent that, you know? So, cartoony. Um, gameplay? Uh, I have one last general thing about uh, that you could pick up just watching somebody else play this game. Uh, this game does not have enough music it just doesn't oh yeah there's not enough music sound effects are fine um they get super repetitive for reasons we will get into shortly um but this game just does not have enough music it's not bad music there just isn't enough of it and it is exacerbated by the fact that the the loops like the the actual little phrases that are repeated uh are also too short right so Mm. if you are playing this game or you're just in the room where someone is playing this game you will start to feel like it are you just on pause and it's just uh, playing the same like five seconds of music? Cause I mean, I'm not exaggerating like five to 10 seconds on a loop forever. Right. And so, you know, the different chapters have some different music, but not all like not all of it. Some of it carries out throughout the entire game. Right. Like it's just, I don't know, man, like a lot of Enix games, I think have like pretty spectacular music. So the fact that I found myself going like, <sighs> was, was, uh, like disappointing, I guess it's like as if I could do any better, but like, it's just frustrating that I, I kind of went in, I guess with high expectations for the music. And it was like, this is passable to okay, but it's not good. And I was expecting great. So I'm coming in like way under. <laughs> well, it's just kind of, you know, if you, if you go in to a, uh, a star Wars movie and it's like, you know, you say, say what you want, but then the music 
isn't done by John Williams. You know, you'd be yeah. like, why did I come to this? Yeah. What, what is? Yeah, what are we even doing here? I don't care if Jar Jar Binks <laughs> is on the screen as long as Duel of the Fates is playing over it. Now, and I'm sure this exists, but now I just want to go back and like find just not bad music, but kind of elevator, you know, like lackluster music and just put that over <laughs> the beautiful John Williams score, you know? So it's like, do, 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 do. It's like Darth Maul, like pulls out his lightsaber, you know? You, you know, the, uh, one of my all time favorite videos, maybe the greatest single video on the internet, the Jurassic the Park. Titanic? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jurassic, Park, Jurassic yeah. Park Melodico cover. Somebody's surely done that for Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you would hope, right? I mean, cause it just. <laughs> welcome to jurassic park and this is completely tangential then we'll get to gameplay i saw an amazing thing the other day where um somebody said you know necromancers always revive uh you know corpses right you know like they just it's always humans and zombies you know but like dinosaurs are an option and then the person <laughs> said we have an entire movie explaining why this is a bad idea and then it's, it's like are you suggesting that john hammond was a necromancer and it just shows him with like his uh cane that has the um you know bug in the top yeah. and he goes like like most necromancers john hammond drew his power from an arcane staff you know? <laughs> it's like man all of that holds up <laughs> yeah no i no no notes <laughs> gameplay uh hitbox hitbox sucks, sucks man. so bad it sucks so bad. trash <laughs> it's it is it think I, I really think that the reason why you have so many hit points and there's so many health drops is because the hitbox is so crappy because i i got stuck and the, and the problem is when it registers a hit is like hit and miss uh, uh, is so, so sometimes i i would go up to bad guy I'd be like i'm gonna chomp on this bad guy and i'd hit him or he'd hit me whatever but sometimes i go to hit him and he would wreck me you know or just be like like hit 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 and i was like ah ah oh god oh god stop stop it just stop and i run away and go find some health things but the health items respawn pretty quickly so it never really became game breaking to the point where i was like and i'm dead now thanks for that you know so so i i had this much later in my notes uh but since mm. we're talking about it uh i have a note here called stun lock the game and <laughs> yeah uh i realized playing this game because I, I i'm not big on retreating in certain kinds of video games right like if if you're playing doom 2016 if you're playing borderlands right if you're playing uh like a cover based shooter like uh the the uncharted games or something like you have to like retreating is part of the expected path to victory, right? Like right. you, you go up, you bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Oh crap. I missed that guy. And he got me. So I got to like retreat and recover my health or find some more ammo or whatever. Like that well, and is the retreat cycle is pretty short, you know, yes. like you retreat for a few seconds yes. and then you're back in it. Yeah. But in certain kind of games, especially like platformers, the expectation is you kind of like plow forward, right? Um, this game will let you do that if you like really can nail the timing but if you can't you will super de duper die because every enemy no matter how slow they move if you overlap their sprite too much uh sorry buddy you are now sunlocked you have like zero invincibility frames i think literally zero invincibility frames so like when you take a hit before you can do inputs into the controller again you can get hit again and I yep. realized that stun locking enemies and stun locking bosses feels really good because it's cheesy as hell. Being stun locked sucks, right? And 
when it's like your friend, you can reach, you know, you're playing Mortal Kombat 2 and he keeps hitting you with like the scorpion uh, spear and then uppercutting you like you can reach across <laughs> and uppercut your friend to make him stop doing that. But yep. you can't uppercut. The and computer. you should. You absolutely should. But you, you can't uppercut the computer, right? So if the computer is stun locking you, mm. you're just it's just it. That's just a feature yeah. of the game. You have to learn to play around. And I did eventually. But like through a lot of frustration because the game is not enjoying the game. So the only person in this relationship that is expected to enjoy the game is me, which means the game should not be able to do things that harsh my enjoyment mechanically and being stunlocked is a thing that should only go one way human to game. Humans can stunlock the game. The game should not be able to stunlock the human. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's, that's super fleshist. Um, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Fine, I'm a fleshist. Um, just showing off your uh, your flesh privilege. Uh, that did not sound right at it's all. Super Anyways. didn't. Yeah. And I edit the show, so you like yeah. this is how it's I extract done. the five bucks from you. You want me yeah. to cut that out? Five bucks. <laughs> now, I, now I kind of do just so that way. It, it immediately smash cuts to you want me to cut that out? Five bucks. <laughs> what did he cut? Oh my um, lord. Nah. No, I made my decisions. Anyways, uh, no, I so I, I agree 100% in the fact that stun locking should only go one way. Um, yeah, is it so? The, the, I think the thing that, that really hits that is frustrating about stun locking, and, and we've kind of discussed this briefly in other games, uh, is how many bad decisions or mistakes am I allowed to make, right? Before it's a game over, right? And so games set that expectation all of the time right so you can have a game like mario where generally you can make one to two mistakes or just one mistake if you fall down a pit right so if you're small mario you can make one mistake and you're dead right uh or you can fall down a pit and die you know uh celeste is very similar in the sense that you can make very few mistakes right but the the game if the game sets the expectation of i got 80 hit points and i have buffed myself out so these things are doing one hit point i can make 80 mistakes Except I didn't. I made one mistake, and then it stunlocked me, and then slowly made me relive that mistake over <laughs> and over again for twelve seconds. And and worse because um, you remember the last thing out of Pandora's box, right? It's hope. It's hope, and that <laughs> is the worst part of the stunlock is the hope that it will end. You know, so you're sitting there like like maybe maybe if I can just no okay, but maybe if I so basically it puts you in this horrible place of I've made one mistake and I am slowly watching this run evaporate in my hand, but yet I still hold out hope that I can salvage it, and yet you cannot, and it turns to ash in your mouth and is gone. Uh, I think that's what sucks about stunlocking. Yeah, just as a general rule. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, since we're already <laughs> we're already on this tra- this train, um, the upside is the cycle time is super fast kind of a well i mean by the standards of the day it's you know five seconds um and that is uh kind of like magnified by the fact that the levels themselves are crazy short like super crazy short i think there's literally one level in chapter three or chapter four that has a single enemy in it and it's hmm. non-hostile, so you can just jump over it and then just walk off the other side of the screen. So, like, and then that level is considered completed. Like, I'm not, this is not hyperbole. It is that ridiculous. And that that's an extreme case. But many of the levels have either non-hostile enemies or few enough enemies that you can jump over them. If, at one point, you're able to fly, so you can fly over enemies, right? So you 
have to interact with enemies because of the way the uh, evolution mechanic works and you, you kill them and you eat their meat and that's how you get Evo points so that you can evolve. But if you are like, I just need to get from here to there, that is often something you can absolutely do. So if there's a level where you're like, oh, I keep getting stun locked by this enemy because this enemy is super cheap. It's like, just skip it. Just skip this one, I guess. Yeah, don't, 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 don't deal with that one. Uh, agreed. Yeah. The, the cycle time is, is super forgiving. Uh, and it's forgiving of, of the failure state as well, because basically to your point, right, is it kicks you back to the beginning of the level. And I don't even consider that to be loss of cycle time because you're, you, you do lose some Evo points, but Half. you don't lose, yeah, but you don't lose any evolutions. Correct. You know? So as long as you don't hoard Evo points, right, um, which is, is not a great idea in general to keep a large inventory of Useless Evo points experience. don't do anything for you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you just, we, we all got to get past holding onto those 99 ethers, you know, and just just we got to use them sometime you know anyways but that's the thing so if you're spending your evo points right you know you you could lose some evo points but the fact you get kicked back to the beginning of the level you're like well i mean i'm still getting the experience from killing these bad guys so it's not a a waste you know uh so yeah i mean like the couple of times i died uh yeah you know i just got kicked back i was like oh okay you know that's it's fine and then just uh moved on so i did not feel that the the cycle time was punishing at all one of the interesting things, though, and this may change um, later on, so let me know. Uh, food drops give you raw HP, right? So it gives you like one hit point. You mean meat? Hit- like when you defeat meat. an enemy? Yeah, yeah, meat. Okay, because yeah. there's stuff in the environment you can eat that gives you no Evo points. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, both. Both. Both the of them give you like plus three hit points or yes. plus two hit points. Yes. Yeah. So that that's interesting because it doesn't give you a percentage of your HP back. It gives you a raw number back, right? Which means... Go on. Which means... <laughs> say more things. <laughs> which means that beefing out your hit points is a little bit less, um, less advantageous, right? Because what that does is it's just increasing your hit points cap, right? So like, let's say that... Like, I've got 80 hit points, right? Um, and every enemy I fight, I get two hit points back, but I lose hit, three hit points fighting them. I will eventually die, whether I have 25 hit points or 80 hit points, right? Most games give you a percentage of your hit points because that means that if you get more, if you have more hit points and you get a percentage back, then you could theoretically get past that threshold of damage to uh, hit points back ratio, basically. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. So... The the one wrinkle in that that I'm confident of is outside of like the boss arena, um, the mm-hmm. environment usually has stuff in it you can eat that doesn't fight back, right? So correct. So if you are if you're fighting enemies, like say you have thirty hit points and you get beat down to twenty, you can eat from the environment to bring your health back up. If the meat you ate from defeating the enemies didn't restore all that you lost during combat, now. That's just the pure, like, mathematical truth of it. But in practice, I would not say it is actually that cut and dry because enemies respawn. And they respawn like Ness Ninja Gaiden style when they are no longer in camera. So walking to the left slightly to eat some food you passed a minute ago while you were fighting an enemy to the right of the screen may actually cause the enemy you already defeated to the left to respawn. So it's not... 
it's not just a, I will retreat and eat some leafy greens and then charge back into combat. Retreating may actually invite more combat that you thought you had already completed. So I, I think mathematically you, you might be able to argue like, well, but they were trying to provide an environment in which you could recover health if you're struggling with combat, but then they don't actually provide the environment in which you can recover health. Right. Because what, what you've just described is the exact same, <laughs> it's the same problem, but with extra steps, right? <laughs> because is that basically if, if you're saying like, alrighty, well, is it just one more part of the equation? If you say like for every bad guy, I lose three hit points and gain two hit points. And after I fight 10 bad guys, I get to a space where I can regain five hit points. Right. But then if I want to get that food to respawn, which it will, I have to go back through the slugfest of bad guys. So basically it just adds an additional, it's, it's a plus B yeah. on the, uh, on the equation you know but it, 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 like i said so it just it made me think about why most games give you hit points back as a function of the percentage of your max health as opposed to um just like a a raw amount and it does need to be like a deliberate choice and i think for this one and for most rpgs in general you'd want to use a percentage and for this one i think it was probably the wrong call in my opinion yeah the the one wrinkle i will throw in that unfortunately i can offer no additional commentary on is i'm pretty confident that different something about your evolution maybe it's your body or 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 a combination of things actually changes how much health you recover when you defeat an enemy because Hmm. the the last dungeon in the chapter in the fourth chapter where you're like up in the sky palace um is there's these like eagles and you you have an opportunity to do a lot of evolving because you like go through this place like a lot because it's laid out like a maze so you you can get lost and i swear to god after i because that that was where i made the transition from not on the path to being a human to on the path to being a human and so it's like that's when you become an early primate and i i Mm. swear to god that after i became a primate eating those eagles was giving me back more health than it was when i was like a dragon monster so i like is that true i don't know but i I swear that i saw that happen and then i was like well this is even more confusing because now (laughs) if you suck at combat you might choose to optimize into something that regains a lot of health from eating meat right which is Mm -hmm. like if that is in fact a mechanic and I didn't just imagine that that is not explained anywhere is not laid out anywhere that I saw. So it's like, it doesn't change anything you said, but it like further complicates it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean like saying, you know, Oh, well, and again, it would still be a static hit point, but the fact it's like, Oh, but you can get more static hit points. It's like, but how, and I mean, and, and, and I don't actually have a note on this, but the, the, no actually i do have a note on this i take that back um so uh uh it's just it's just just twisted slightly so that you know if you invest points in body it will increase your hit points and and if you do this then it, and that gets explained to you at the beginning once and there's just and then it, so the game is has a lot going on under the hood you know so you can like you said evolve seven different traits and they all kind of do different stuff right it would just be nice to have all of that laid out for me in like a user interface. Go on. Like in the manual? No, no. No, not, not like there? The no, no, never there. Okay, dude, Never so, there. Dude, so, so get this, okay? Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I almost always read the manuals for Game Boy games and Nintendo games, right? Atari games, like older games. 
When it gets to be the Super Nintendo Genesis, like the 16-bit and beyond era, especially beyond, um, but in the 16-bit era, it's like kind of hit or miss. It's like, "Ah, I probably don't need to read the manual. With this, I was like, oh man, there is a lot of information in here. Like you can evolve these different things for these different amounts. And I guess the amounts are increasing. So the more expensive ones are better, I assume. And then the thing that made me sit back in my chair and go like, oh, God damn it, was I noticed that let's just say it was like jaws or whatever i don't don't remember what it was but it's like okay the the first jaws is 200 evo Evo p and then 400 and then 600 and then a thousand and then 800 and then 200 and then a thousand and i was like wait that means that more expensive does not necessarily equal better and this is now a problem because the cost of experimenting once the numbers get large enough becomes a massive time sink so i was like i Mm -hmm. am gonna look at the manual and in the manual they literally provide you with a chart that says here is the letter score like a b c d e i think of all of these different things in their like five or six categories now granted if you wanted to you could suss all of that out because there's like a stat screen for your current Mm -hmm. creature and it shows you what is my hp what is my strength what is my defense what is my jump what is my agility right it shows you all those stats so you could evolve something see how the number changed notate it right but like i wasn't going to do that and i couldn't just look it up but in the manual it says like oh these jaws have b strength these jaws have a strength but this is like critical information for playing the game because depending on your play style, a lot of things that raise one set of stats will actually lower another set of stats. So you have to decide, am I going to hyper optimize in my evolution or am I going to go for a more balanced thing? And in my experience, hyper optimizing was always the way to go. A balanced yep. creature was never successful for me. No, it will. And, and I mean, that kind of holds up because you know, you got to find your niche, right? Yeah. But you pandas know? are also hyper optimized and like, they're not going to make it. I mean, to be fair, they're they, they just very fortunate because humans have also evolved and we find them super cute. So <laughs> that, that's true. So I guess uh, it's like um, they say like dogs evolved to have like a more human like smile because mm-hmm. we preferred those dogs. And so we bred more of those dogs. And so now that trait is dominant. I, I've forgotten who said it, but it was something to the effect of uh, the number one evolutionary trait you can develop is being useful to humans. Yes. Like, like <laughs> if you want your species to thrive at this point, it's, it's like if you're useful to humans and, and how, whatever, like, like Roman emperor-esque, like <laughs> passing interest we deign to, to, to like, you know, but if you can hit that niche, the humans like me niche, oh man, you're just, you set for life. Uh, <laughs> may not be a great life but you are you'll you'll be around you will be Um, alive yes you will be you will be alive uh but yeah no so um yeah you know and this is this is where we've 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 hit this this philosophical difference a number of times which is you know um i am glad that it is in the manual and so that they did think that through but i do think that at least some of that information could have been like uh i mean like even if it didn't tell you because they do tell you you know some things will detract from other things right but um even if it's just for jaws, which are strength based, if it's like, look, man, this is a strength and maybe like an asterisk for, you know, it, but it drops your other stats or whatever, you know, just something like that um, 
would have been helpful to have in games. So that way, when I'm looking at my evolution, I don't have to pull out a book and be like, okay, wait, what am I doing here? Um, well, like the, the classic Final Fantasies had, I think, actually a really nice way to present this, which is when you're in a shop at the bottom of the screen, there's all of the characters in your party. And if they can mm-hmm. use something, they do their little fanfare cheering animation. And if it's better than what you currently have equipped, there's an up arrow. And if it's worse mm-hmm. than what you currently have equipped, there's a down arrow. But of course, things have more than one stat. So you have right. to decide, like, is raising the primary stat that this thing gives, like, is making my jaws stronger worth the possible downsides of making my jaw stronger? Will I be slower? Will I not be able to jump as high? Right. And so like just even knowing that because it's not linear, it's not that, uh, when you go down the list of jaws, the the jaws that are lowest on the list are always the strongest. If it was even that I would say, well, as strength goes up, some other stat can go down and you have to decide if you want to make that trade off or not, but it's not even that sometimes the strongest ones are like fourth out of eight. And and that's just like, I, uh, you're not helping me like make informed decisions, which is why once I noticed that chart was in the manual, I was like, I, I'm, I'm using this chart. Like, there's no way I'm willing to invest the time to just assume the most expensive thing is always the best, which granted it typically was, but not always and not always right. enough that I would have been super annoyed by it. So I, I agree with you because the game is a game about making the right numbers be higher it would be nice if the game was a more active participant in that, right? Like I'm less uh, anti-manual than you are, but yeah. in, in this in particular, it's like, no, this should really be part of the game. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm anti-manual enough to the point, like when, when I play, when I play Pokemon, I don't look at the manual to look up what's strong and what's weak against. I try to keep that shit memorized, <laughs> you know? And, and, but again, like to me though, that's part of the aesthetic of I'm the Pokemon trainer, so I should remember it, you know, but like, yeah, yeah this, it, this it's one... not like you literally carry a Pokedex to write stuff down and Ash doesn't write things down. <laughs> I do uh, love in uh, one parody of that where, where, you know, um, they were like, oh man, we're lost. And, you know, Ash pulls out his Pokedex and they're like, oh, is is that a map to help us get by? No, this just contains Pokemon information. Could you imagine if we had a small thing that could contain Pokemon information and a map? That'd be crazy. <laughs> like like the whole Pokedex concept is not aged with smartphones, you know? It's, yeah, it barely aged at the time, man. I had a calculator in high school I could play games on. Like it's Yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's just like in, in in Star Trek TNG when they had to show somebody, you know, who's studying really hard. So they have like seven data pads and they get checked in the hallway and they drop all the data pads. And it's just like, man, what's the storage space on those data pads? It's just got text on it, right? Like, R- remind what's wrong me, with you? Remind me to tell you another time about the, uh, the data pad lifestyle, because I actually have a weird anecdote about that. Excellent. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, one of the things, though, that you kind of mentioned about experimenting is definitely for if you got two of them that cost like a cool G of Evo points, um, you know, that's not that 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 is not great to experiment with. But I did feel overall the game does incentivize grinding um, because, again, like to me, the core aesthetic is, you know, discover what all crazy things you can make. Right. But I found the cycle of how long I had to spend grinding to now I can buy the new hotness to be pretty acceptable. You know, um, this is shocking to me. I'm really, yes. Like I found the grinding to be 
incredibly tedious. Interesting. Because I wanted yeah, to, I, I wanted to try stuff. I wanted to try different stuff out, but there's a very clear, especially once you're looking at the chart, there's a very clear first order optimal strategy of get enough points to get this thing. But I didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. I wanted to like try different things, which means you are grinding way more. Interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, like for me, and I think that it may have just been. Yeah, you know, th- this this type of grinding hits like a, a weird sp- space for me. So like turn based grinding, I can't tolerate because <laughs> no, it's, you too, <laughs> it's too slow, you know, because I'm like hit. It, basically, I'm just sitting there mashing a I'm like, yes, yeah, select attacked. Got it. Yeah, select attack. Got it. And so all I'm doing is just this with my thumb, like mash, 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 mash. This one required just enough inputs that I kind of enjoyed it, but not so much inputs that I was like stressed out or worried that I was really ever going to fail. So it was, it actually kind of hit that weird space of like, I just kind of zoned out and just did it, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I get you. I disagree with you because, (laughs) uh, I streamed this game, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. And that, and that (laughs) would be a very, Yeah, and that would be a very different core difference in experience. But yeah, I mean, like the 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 few times I played, I just came downstairs and you know just booted the thing up and just kind of swam around, killed some stuff, you know, played for about half an hour, hour, and I was like, okay, I'm done. You know, I got 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 to see some new things, got to kill some stuff. Okay, you know, um, it wasn't very. The game's not very difficult, so again, I wasn't worried. And the cycle time is not horribly punishing, so I was like, yeah, you know, and if I die, I die. Yeah, you know. Mm. 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 You're, you're uh i'm i'm now i'm moved on from being shocked about our difference in kind and i'm more shocked about like oh no does streaming games for nostalgia goggles alter my play experience <laughs> in a way that's inappropriate i don't care i'm not gonna stop doing it but like yeah it's just no i mean i i, I think that that it's it's a different type of experience because what it does is it puts you closer into the um, you're playing video games while you have friends over or you're playing them at an arcade. Yeah. So there have been a number of times where you have gotten a, a what I would consider to be a, a closer to real experience because you were playing, you know, uh, Streets of Rage and somebody was like, oh, man, you should do thing A. And that would be just like playing it in the arcade. Dude, it, and it somebody, saved Pokemon for me. Yeah. So, you know, like there's definitely times when you're getting an experience I think is superior. But I definitely think for one where the main thing is just to put your brain in neutral and just slowly do a thing that, uh, um, that there's really no additional input for. Yeah, it probably isn't. This is not a game that you would invite some people over and take turns playing. No, you know, no, it's, it's not that. <laughs> um, so let me ask you about something. Cause I'm not really sure what the transition is to this. So here we go. Um, do you understand how the green crystals worked? No, I don't understand how any of the crystals work. I would just eat them indiscriminately, and sometimes they did stuff. Yeah, so I understood this at first because they explained it to you in the very beginning of the game, but they also like force you to do it right then. So I understood it, and then I kind of spaced out on it and forgot about it until the end of the game. So there's, I think, two different... There's the yellow crystals that give you like tips. It's like, like little help info boxes. Yeah. And then there's the green crystal and what the green crystal lets you do is it lets you revert to any of your saved evolutions. So Mm. this is where I kind of was scratching my head about like this game grinding in this game is, is a little bit of a chore in my opinion. 
And yeah, yet there are baked in mechanics like the fact that you can save up to 50 of your evolutions where they clearly expect you to try crap out, right? Because if you knew what the optimal evolutions were, you would never have 50. It's probably like one per chapter. It's like, this is the optimal thing for you to be that has all the best stats, right? Or has the stats that are best suited for these, the enemies that are in this chapter, right? So if you're doing that level of experimentation where they had to dedicate that amount of hardware space to saying like, yeah, we're going to let you save 50 of your evolutions. And then when you eat a green crystal, now when you open the menu, you have an extra option and it's not that it was grayed out before it's that it wasn't there. So the whole menu mm-hmm. is actually one option longer now. And it's, it says something like, 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 like review previous evolution or some, something. Mm-hmm. And, and it lets you select from all the ones you've saved. And then for, 30 to 60 seconds you get to be that thing so if you took your like super pimped out dragon from the dinosaur era and made sure to save that one because you can save at any time but you can only recall them with the the green crystal um and you you then go into say like the mammalian era and then you get a green crystal and then you recall that form like you suddenly have a very bizarre relationship with the world where you are hyper powerful and you may have abilities you didn't have before, like flight, right? So, <laughs> so like it's, I, I really wish I had better understood that that is a thing because one, I don't think you can bank the crystals and two, I don't think they, they either don't leave the chapter with you or they don't even leave the stage with you. So mm-hmm. if there's, you know, two in every chapter and you eat them all and then you go to use one later, like then you use one and now you're back to having none. So right. I, I think on a subsequent playthrough, I would probably mess with that a little bit more where I would like bank some really wacky evolutions and then get a green crystal and then go to a stage I was struggling with and then power up and like be- become the altered beast and start munching my way through things. I have no business munching my way through because you you get all of the stats of that monster, but you you keep all of the Evo P that you get. So you could go somewhere with super hard enemies, turn into a badass dragon, eat them all, and like super fast, you know, accumulate a bunch of Evo P, which would make experimentation a lot cheaper and more fun and kind of novel and interesting. But I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I mean, I think I like the idea in principle for two reasons. One is because, to your point, right, is is it's like, what if cavemen but dragons? Um, so, <laughs> oh, I see you have so, a bone club. I have bone claws. <laughs> so you know, both made of bone. This feels like a fair fight. Let's do this. Uh, and and also too is I think that it's kind of nice because you know if you you are playing, you could be like, oh hey man, let me let me show you this cool thing, and then get get a crystal and say. Yeah. Hey, let me show you this cool evolution. Like I made this ridiculous thing. Take a look at it if you did want to want to share. So I do think it has some advantages. But no, I didn't really grasp that mechanic at all. I just every time I saw a crystal, I ate it, and sometimes some stuff happened. But um, but you know, I mean, like that's that's kind of good for uh, a replay value, you know. Um, oh, but, totally. Uh, and and I feel like this game does sort of expect that, right? Like, well, and, go and, in, pull around. It's worth mentioning is that you know, like. This this game is from the era where, you know, I, I, you, we had 10 hours to just throw at a video game, you know? So, I mean, like now, I, I don't have that kind of time, but, it, <laughs> it, but you know, they, they, they had to create games to where you could ostensibly 
play it and play through it quickly. But then also, you know, uh, it, you had to make it last a while. So you felt you got your fortune's worth, you know. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? Uh, I have two other things I wanted to mention just because I, I think they are important to understanding everything we have just reviewed about the game and critically uh, something we have not touched on at all. So uh, you, I think you got through what, like chapter three? Yeah, something like um, that. Yeah. And I, I, I was able to get to the end of chapter four. Um, there is a massive tonal shift at the end of chapter four that I like I'm going to go and pursue the rest of the game, even post recording, just because like I got to know. And <laughs> what I am afraid of, but it's just it can't be helped is like how dramatically might that have affected what we had to say about the game? Because when you start the game, Gaia is like, hey, you're special. I'm going to help you evolve. And like, first, you're going to be a microbe. And hey, now you're a fish and you're going to be a fish for a while. And then you're going to be an amphibian for a while. And then a dinosaur for a while. And then a like bird mammal era for a while. And then humans. Right. So like there's this clear narrative going on where she is pushing you forward because like she just she likes you, I guess. Um, At the end of chapter four, you go to a like rocky kind of like small hill and you get picked up by a dinosaur and it like a pterodactyl and it carries you up to a sky palace that is filled with goblins and eagles that have armor and swords like metallurgy. Right. And so you get through the sky palace, which by the way, has teleporters in it. And then when you get to the boss of the sky palace, it is a giant bird, like a, like the, Oh God, what are they called? Like the Ch- Chozo from uh friggin super oh, yeah. Metroid. Like, this huge stately like upright bird that is wearing clothing and speaks to you about how uh the the stupid animals that are still on land are just continuing to evolve their bodies to become stronger when clearly the future is about evolving your mind to become smarter and that is how dominance will happen and they're using the power of the crystals to become smart I, all of this happens in like this one <laughs> this one part of chapter 4 just like right near the end of chapter 4 and i was just like what what like what is happening like i assumed toward the end of the game somewhere you would find eden or there would be some kind of like allegory about like how intelligence is paradise and you've now evolved to the point where you have human level intelligence something like something like that is what i expected but uh that's not what happens like you eventually have to fight this giant like alien bacteria thing and like you you can become a mermaid i think at one point like ah dude i just I don't know exactly what happens in chapter five, but narratively, I don't think mechanically anything changes, but narratively it takes this hard right turn. It gets weird. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was kind of just like skimming it real fast. Cause you, we can do research while we're talking. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was skimming it real fast. It's weird, man. Um, I, I, I can't, unfortunately I can't follow it. And also like engage with you. And I'm my, the more important thing is that I'm engaging with you, but yeah, <laughs> I just like pulled it up. I was like, yeah, you know, maybe it's just a quick blurb. It's not, it's long and complicated and there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I wanted to say all that just to say, if the gameplay that we have described does or doesn't sound interesting to you, 
there is quite a narrative going on, but it's front loaded and back loaded, right? It's there's some stuff at the beginning that explains what you should care about and why there's a little bit of story throughout. That's actually kind of fun and cute and quirky and kind of goes with the cartoony visuals. Uh, and then just all of the story happens at the back, right? Literally the end of the fourth chapter and then all throughout the fifth chapter. And then that's the whole game. Um, so, you know, I guess include that in your decision-making process. Um, the one other thing I wanted to shout out just because I think it's delightful and I really wish more video games would do stuff like this. Uh, there are at least two fake out endings. And I think there's probably a couple others. Um, when you go see the Tyrannosaurus Rex tribe, I don't know the area where all the T-Rexes are. The first mm-hmm. time you go into that stage, he goes like, rawr. Cause you know, they talk sometimes like some of the, some of the animals talk to each other and he's like, rawr you should stop being such a jerk and come be a T-Rex with us. Cause we're obviously the dominant dinosaur. Do you want to be a dominant dinosaur? And you can say yes. And if you do, you get a few cut screens, uh, cut scenes with like little, uh, you know, static, uh, pictures and some text that's like, and you did, and you were super dominant for a long time. Then the asteroids fell and not so much anymore. And then it just dumps you back to the map, right? So it's like a little fake ending and it just dumps you back to the map. But it's like, yeah, that is a way your story absolutely could have ended that is in line with the game. You think you have reached the pinnacle of evolution and it turns out you were wrong, right? Um, yep. And uh, there's another fake ending where, um, oh God, what is it? The, uh, oh, it's the the bird overlord people. Um, they ask you like, do you want to just be a bird overlord and control everything? And you can say yes. And then what it shows you is uh, you live up in the sky palace as a bird person. And uh, occasionally humans on land have seen you or believed that they saw you. And then it actually shows like a pixel art rendition of like the great eagle in somewhere in the Middle East, isn't it? Mm. Right. Like yeah. carved like into the ground. Yep. Right. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a whole Cowboy Bebop episode about those. Um and it, the idea is like that is based on them seeing you because you are this like godly figure to them. Right. And same thing just dumps you back out to the map. Like, haha, that could have been how your story ended. Right. And I mean, humans for as nifty as we can occasionally be, we are also not the pinnacle of evolution, but the game has stopped somewhere. Right. So like, that's just, you know, where they kind of chose to draw. But I, I really wish more games would do stuff like that. Like when the bad guy says like, you know, stop being a good guy, be a bad guy that saying, yes, I'll join you. Just show me a funny little cutscene, Give me some funny little dialogue and then just like record scratch, you know, rewind the tape. And then, you know, we, we go on like, yes, it's video gamey. Yes. It's super meta. Yes. It does disrupt your suspension of disbelief from the experience a little, but I don't care. It's delightful. So please do it more. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I also really enjoy that. Uh, the two that come to mind are the ones from, uh, portal Two. You know, where like GLaDOS says like, you know, uh, it, it, like, hey, just come over here. You know, like it, 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 it's super fun. I've got the cake. It's right here. And if you go in there, you just die. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it, it just dumps you back like five seconds earlier. It's like, yeah, you could you can listen to GLaDOS or uh, um, you actually get a, a trophy for one where um, uh, when, you know, GLaDOS says like, oh, great. This is the part where he kills you. All right. This is the part where I kill you. The <laughs> yes. part where he kills you. And like you get a chance to escape and he goes like, oh, no, wait, can you can you just come back and like jump in the pit? You just just come back and, and, and kill yourself. I appreciate that. If you do it, um, he, he actually goes, oh, hey, oh, no, you did it. OK, good. You know, and, like, 
and you get a, like a, a a trophy that says like follows instructions, and that's it. Yeah. You know, and then just yeah, just little I, stuff like that. I, it's just I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's just it's it's it it do, and and again, like to your point, is it just takes so little effort to program that where it's just like, well, what if what if they go do this other thing? You know, or or uh, also Gladys, um, because they've got a bunch of these. Is uh, at one point Wheatley says, uh, you know. Um, hey, I'm going to go do a thing. Uh, I can't do it when you're watching, so you're going to have to turn around. And if you just sit there staring at him, he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I can't do it when you're watching me. You, you need to turn around, you know? It's like, yeah, you know? Just, it makes you feel like that your choices, quote, matter, even though it's going to force you down the narrative path, but it's it's like, no, your choices matter. You can make bad choices, yeah. you know? Yeah, it, it's, it's the game. It, it's more like it's it's a conversation between the player and the developer. It's like, yeah, we presented you with a choice, and if you choose a or b something will happen the the b path may be super short like a super short dead end that immediately kicks you back and then you have to take the a path but like the the choice actually exists as it opposed is, to being it, a, it is a choice yeah right as opposed to what i always hate was when they're like you know do you want to be a hero and save the day and you're like no and they're like come on be a hero you want to be a hero and save the day <laughs> no come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah because now it's not the hero the hero's choice it's the the hero's like slowly uh bullied into it you when know? you're trapped in that conversation so it's not like you can even just go back out to the overworld map and be like oh i'm just gonna go wander around until i die i i, I really want to at one point just queue up a zelda game uh you know and we're like hey you want to be, be the hero and it's like no and then just pause the game turn it off <laughs> and never boot it up again you know like just never boot up that save file like that save file is just them staring at each other forever (laughs) because i have agency damn it (laughs) stop telling me to two things um now though uh i will tell you that we're gonna ask if it held up um okay so i gave this game a nostalgia monocle okay i gave this game a nostalgia monocle entirely on the back of the grinding problem and the stun locking problem because Mm. i felt like there are charts and graphs and menu options and cool sprite animations and things that were inviting me to experiment and then the gameplay loop made experimenting less fun right the the game is super uh welcoming to a first order optimal strategy of figure out the cheapest evolution you can get to go to where you get a lot of Evo points for killing something, kill a lot of things and then get all the best evolutions and go fight the boss. Like it's really accommodating to that strategy, but everything about the way characters talk, the way the menus are set up, the way the information that's presented in the manual, it's all like, I don't know, try stuff, right? Oh, cause I didn't even say the manual only gives you letters, but the game gives you numbers. So two A's are not necessarily equal. Two B's are not mm. necessarily equal, right? So the manual doesn't give you all the information. It just gives you a direction further inspiring you to experiment. It's like, oh, these both have an A, but it has a C and an E. So like, do I want it the A and the E or the A and the C? Maybe this A is so much better that it's worth having the E in the other stat, right? But like you get unlocked and you lose a bunch of Evo points or you, you just you know, kill the same enemies a million billion times while the music runs on a loop. Like if I'd had a podcast on or an audiobook playing or something, maybe I would have not been that put out by the grinding. But for me that pushed it into, yeah, I mean, 
you got to be willing to suffer the grinding and because bosses can stun lock you you've got to be willing to suffer that so yeah if those two things don't bother you you'll probably enjoy it and it's quirky and interesting and, and absolutely worth it if those two things do bother you you'd probably fall on the other side and say like no this is full nostalgia goggles this is crap right i just <laughs> threaded the needle of like i see what they were going for and i like it but i don't love some of these rough edges yeah and and i think that you know that to and we i've had this discussion a number of times where it's just kind of like i i do not disagree with anything you said it's just that the things that bothered you just did not bother me as much um and i think though that the main reason why they didn't bother me was just because i just happened to be in a place where i could just put my brain in neutral and uh and just play this game you know uh so if that's this is not a game that is going to require your full attention you know so this is a game to have a podcast on the background actually you know i think at one point i did just mute it and listen to some other music that i just <laughs> wanted to listen to you know so it's it's definitely kind of like a a passive game um you know in the sense that you just kind of like you you play it but uh no i felt that it was it was uh enjoyable it was weird it was quirky it was um if you're looking to go back in time and and play a game it, i think it's it's uh it's it's worth it's worth giving it a play. I don't think that it would necessarily um, be the best game, but I think it finds a little bit of niche. I think it's survive. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two. There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You never think back much less On how you saved the day Then on all The experience gained At the end of it all Gamers play what we play Game over, but rather for what we take away. The world is safe. But who cares? We both know that that's not.
You never actually said the words. You, you didn't actually rank it. Yeah. No nostalgia. 